Welcome to the Spiritual Outliers podcast, where we explore the uncharted territories of spirituality and self-discovery. In a world where conformity seems to be the norm, we aim to shine a light on the unique and diverse experiences of those who have found their own path to healing and self-awareness. Join me as we delve into the mysteries of the universe, share stories of personal growth, and interview spiritual outliers who have forged their own way to a deeper understanding of themselves and the world around them. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker or just beginning your journey, this podcast is for earthbound misfits who are curious about the limitless possibilities of the human spirit. Welcome back, outliers, to episode 31. How are you doing? Hope that you're doing well. Thank you so much for being here with me. I hope that you had a uh, wonderful Christmas or holiday or simply a wonderful week if you don't celebrate. And also, I am wishing you a happy new year since we are only a couple days away from ringing in 2024, a new year. I seriously can't even believe that we're already at the end of the year. It feels like it flew by. I don't know about you, but it feels like it went by in the blink of like three months or something. So today, as promised, we are going to discuss settling as it relates to being in a romantic relationship. And for those of you who are new here, welcome, by the way, I discuss a lot of cultural beliefs surrounding love because I am still recovering from relationship OCD, which if you're also new to relationship OCD or relationship anxiety, it is basically characterized by intrusive thoughts surrounding the rightness of a relationship due to unhealed wounds and traumas around intimate relationships. So settling, as I understand it within our cultural context, refers to the decision to enter into or remain in a romantic partnership that doesn't fully meet one's expectations or desires, often due to a fear of being alone, societal pressures, or believing that a better relationship is unattainable. This can mean choosing to be with someone or something that may not perfectly align with one's initial desires due to the unavailability of the ideal choice. By this interpretation, settling occurs when we select a partner who doesn't entirely meet every criterion on our list. Perhaps they lack the specific appearance, educational background, family heritage, financial security, religious beliefs, or cultural roots that we had envisioned. Overall, this can mean compromising on important needs or desires in a partner or relationship. Having said that, though, I think it's important that you adhere to your core values as it relates to choosing a partner and put less importance on feelings and level of attraction because these things will, of course, ebb and flow over the course of your relationship. I'm not saying to deny your desires, feelings, and needs in a relationship or that you shouldn't feel attracted to your partner, but rather to put these things in perspective as to whether you're actually settling for someone who doesn't meet a core value or you're compromising on something that's less important to the overall health of your relationship. An example of this would be, let's say you've put down on your ideal or fantasy partner list that you want someone who has brown eyes and instead you meet someone who ticks almost all of your boxes, but this person has blue eyes. 
I don't think that that is settling. I think that that is a healthy compromise. It's about being able to understand the value that someone is bringing to the table instead of rigidly adhering to desiring certain physical standards that don't detract from the well-being of the relationship. I think we sometimes forget, especially here uh, in a culture that values the aesthetic of youth, that we are all aging and looks do fade. Again, I, I want to say that it's okay to want someone you're attracted to, obviously, um, but remember its level of importance and the longevity and overall, overall health of the relationship. For understanding values versus feelings and differentiating between a value and a preference, please listen to episode 29. Preferences for relationships can and should be flexible, while a core value such as honesty and transparency, the desire to marry or not, having kids or not, and polygamy versus monogamy, and doing drugs and drinking alcohol versus a sober life, these are non-negotiable and should be more inflexible. Here, let's redefine what settling means. So settling is not about giving up on happiness or accepting an unhealthy relationship. Rather, it's about having a realistic understanding of what a relationship can offer. It involves recognizing that no partner will be perfect and that relationships require compromise and mutual understanding. So I believe that there are fears underneath the concept of settling that I want to get into here. So number one, there's a fear that you won't be fulfilled at a future point in the relationship. And usually there is a congruent underlying fear that you could be making a mistake by staying with this person, whether by measuring up to your own standards or measuring standards placed upon you by culture or even more intimate relationships like the standards imposed on you by friends and family. There is a societal stigma associated with settling, often perceived as a sign of weakness or lack of self-respect. This fear of judgment from others can be a significant concern. Settling can also bring about fears of not reaching one's full potential in a relationship. This includes concerns about not experiencing the full breadth of passion, connection, or happiness that one believes is possible. When I was heavily experiencing relationship OCD, the thought of settling would cause a great deal of discomfort. I was worried that A, there may come a day that my partner is not content with me and leave me. And while that is a valid reality, it's also a um, groundless fear. And B, or B rather, there could come a day when I feel that I'm not fulfilled and leave him. I know that as humans, we want the crystal ball or the tarot reading that's going to give us all the concrete answers about the future outcome of relationships, but truly there are never any guarantees. Eventually I realized that I needed to make peace with the fact that I had no idea if we would still be happily together in six months or if we would be peacefully together in 10. Basically it's taking it day by day to be present with one another adjusting the situation as we go and holding on to the hope that we are both doing our best to make this relationship work for the long haul. I also made peace with the idea that feeling fulfilled in this relationship is largely in part due to my own growth and fulfillment. 
And secondly, being willing to invest in making the relationship work is really on both of us. For me, though, this meant understanding my own patterns in love in which I was outsourcing my own fulfillment to partners, whether that was a relationship or in seeking excitement in new dating situations. I was very reliant on someone else's behavior to make me feel alive and happy. Since going through this healing journey, I genuinely try to take 100% responsibility for how I feel. Yes, he may do things that irritate me. We are human. I know that I irritate him too. But usually I can see that there is something more going on under the symptom of feeling agitation with him that I'm actually not irritated with him, but mostly needing to go within and see, see what's deeper. It could be physical, that I'm hungry or I'm lacking in sleep. It could be that I'm upset about something else that's going on. Like I'm stressing out about something that I need to take care of, such as taxes, just as an example, or that I'm upset about a friend that just passed away and I haven't fully grieved the loss. So the next thing I want to get into about settling would be the grass is greener syndrome and the pursuit of perfection, AKA FOMO or fear of missing out. And I think that this is perpetuated because there is no shortage of dating apps out there or ways to meet potential new love interests these days, which makes meeting someone new and exciting and literally just a swipe or a DM away. Because if you feel that there could be someone new and better, then you spend the duration of your relationship with one foot out the door, which as you guessed is not a healthy way to proceed. But here's what's what needs to be realized, or at least the natural conclusion that I came to is that there isn't a perfect person. Though you are always free to choose a new person, it's not a wrong decision to try a buffet of different relationships, but it is wise to remember that a new person will come with their own new unique set of issues. And I'm not saying they're intentionally problematic, but rather we all have past, we all have a past and we all have traumas and wounds that are at play when we get close to someone else. Also, what I feel here is that there is never going to be a relationship that was 100% free of conflict. I'm not saying that you won't have less conflict than you had in prior relationships with a new person. I think it's entirely possible. I've experienced it. But I think it's also more realistic to understand that there will be a new set of challenges with a new person. And of course, it's not all negative. I genuinely feel that the conflict Carlos and I have had in our relationship has benefited both of us and made our relationship stronger. Has it been easy for me? Absolutely not. Personally, I grew up watching my parents never fight. And you may be like, well, that's wonderful. And yes, on one hand, I am so grateful that my parents didn't argue a lot. However, I also learned from my mom's behavior that conflict is to be voided at all costs. Because she witnessed her parents, my grandparents, fight on a pretty regular basis, she vowed that she wouldn't fight with her partner, my dad. If my dad tried to confront her or start an argument, she would walk away and tell him that she was done with the conversation. I think that I needed a partner like Carlos, someone who I could have conflict with, but also resolve it so that I could see that a fight is an opportunity for both of us to grow. It isn't the end of the world, which is what I used to think. I could barely handle confrontation or arguing in relationships. And it was like everything was crashing around me because of how sensitive I could feel and be. 
And while I still am sensitive, I think I have a more healthy way of approaching conflict, knowing that we can get through it and eventually let it go and keep moving forward. So how do we alleviate FOMO and grass is greener syndrome? I think it really boils down to realistically seeing that there isn't one perfect person, which I know that I emphasize that a lot here, but we are consistently inundated with messaging that we deserve the best and we shouldn't settle. But I also believe that makes for a lot of unhappiness. The antidote is having a glass full perspective. As long as a relationship is overall healthy and you feel safe to be yourself, then try to always see the other person through the highest lens available. Value what they do offer in the relationship and focus on what their strengths are. Take time to understand your own values, needs, and what truly makes you happy in a relationship. And reflect on whether your feelings of FOMO or grass is greener are based on unrealistic ideals or social pressures rather than your personal happiness. I realized some of what I was concerned about, what was stressing me out, it had more to do with others' perceptions than my own basis of happiness and standard of what is good enough for me. When I started deprogramming myself from cultural standards about love, I noticed my level of acceptance and happiness within my relationship totally leveled up. There is a lot of bad, bad fucking relationship advice out there that will keep you stuck and unhappy because it preys on the notion that we always need to be leveling up in, well, you name it, any, any part of life, career and status and how we look, how much money we make, how many followers we have on social media, like where you are is never good enough. But that is so far from the truth. The pursuit of all of this, the endless pursuit of happiness and the ultimate fulfillment only makes you crave some future point in which you think you will feel satisfied and have it all together. Can't tell you how many times I've done that with weight loss. I was like, well, when I lose this 20 pounds, I'm going to be the happiest I've ever been. That day came. Guess what? Didn't feel much different. It was a small victory, but you really have to appreciate the process and appreciate where you're at. Because even if there is some place that you want to get to, which is fine, I do, we all do, we all have these points in our life that we'd like to get to, you have to realize that it's a process and you have to be where you are right now in order to get where you want to be. So it really is a matter of valuing where you're at and it's okay to be where you're at. So the day, you know, never comes unless you learn to accept and value what you have while working for what you want, basically. I do also feel that um, social media often portrays idealized images of relationships that aren't realistic. So reducing time on these platforms, or at least being very selective about what type of contact, content you consume, can help mitigate feelings of FOMO and comparison. Also, cutting back on rom-coms and romantic movies, they only fuel these unrealistic views on love and marriage, if not checked and put in perspective. So finally, the lowdown on settling. I'm going to try to wrap this up here a little bit, but I want to leave you with this quote that C.K. Dawson eloquently says in an article titled Between Settling and Settling Down. This, I've discovered, is the distinction. Settle for less than your fantasy man, but
but never settle for being treated with less love, respect, care, and consideration than you deserve. Compromise on your daydreams, your fancies, your ideas of a perfect life and a perfect spouse. But don't compromise your values, your mental health, or your well-being in order to not be alone. Really, really think that that sums it up. But a more positive perspective and shift around settling is understanding that your relationship is good enough. It is valuable. Um, Assuming that you feel safe and understood in the relationship, that your core values are being met, then it's safe to just enjoy the love that is right in front of you. And the only person you have to answer to at the end of the day is yourself. It really is accepting that no matter what happens in the future, whatever comes of the relationship, that it is an experience to grow and learn and love. And that if it does end, you will love again. If that's your choice, there will likely always be opportunities to try again. If you feel in your heart, another relationship is what you'd like to experience. I wholeheartedly believe that there are not wrong or right decisions, that they are more nuanced and that every experience we have while in these physical bodies is valuable and provides an opportunity to learn. Last, if you feel that you could be settling, but aren't sure, remember that there is no time limit for figuring things out. I found that when I accepted my confusion as a need for more time, I found a lot of peace. So if you feel confused, please know that it's okay and that it usually means you're placing a lot of pressure on yourself to have the answer when maybe it's not time to know yet. And in the end, you may be surprised by the answer that does come through. Give yourself grace and understanding. So I will leave it here. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me in 2023. It's been an absolute pleasure. I am wishing you the happiest new year ever. I love you all. Be safe. And I'll see you next Friday.